It is Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is not my man, Trevor Plouffe. It is my man, Jolly Olive. I am Chris Rose. Producer Rob along for the ride as well. So like wholesale changes on this Tuesday. Jolly, thank you very much for letting Plouffe sleep in. He's been working. He's been burning the candle at both ends, dude. He's been working like a dog. I'm very happy to step in, call in the bullpen. Always love doing baseball today. That away. Well, thank you. We, we appreciate you being here. Uh, I'm not wearing my hat today because I have to go to my NFL Network seminar right after this. So I had to shower, get dressed, and I, I'm sure I would have worn, let's see here, I probably could have worn a Dodger hat today, maybe a Seattle hat uh, to show them a little hat? bit love, uh, or maybe a Texas hat for Nathaniel Lowe because I would give mm. him a tip of the cap today. Of course, he took on his uh, his brother Josh yesterday. Um, that was awesome. He hit the home run. We had Nathaniel Lowe on the Rose rotation probably two months ago. And we talked about this possibility because they were going to play each other as big leaguers for the first time. I said, Hey, listen, if he gets an extra base hit, go trip him. And he was like, yeah, probably. So <laughs> Josh hits the home run and Nathaniel stares at his entire family. That's there and has the big smirk. The fact that in a big time major league game between two first place teams that he was able to laugh about it a little bit. I thought that was good. You know, it, it makes me wonder, and I'm, I'm I'm not sure if you know this, which one is the younger brother of the two? Is it Nathaniel or is it Josh? No, it is Josh. Yeah, see, that was a very much like an older brother knowingly like, oh, you shouldn't have gotten away with that. That's such BS. I know that look because I gotten it from my older brother. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I've been there. So would you rather have been Josh and hit the home run in the game or been Nathaniel and had the team win the game? You know, either way, I'm either on the Rays or the Rangers, so I'm in a pretty good spot considering what my team's doing. So I'll take either side. Okay. God almighty, you're you're being very plouffesque today. Got to fill in one way or the other, man. Come on. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Uh, I'm not sure if everybody stayed up late on Monday night to catch the final game that ended Monday evening, but Shohei hit his 35th homer. It was a game-tying homer in the seventh. Uh, Angels beat the Yankees in extras. They're now five and a half out of the wild card chase. This is all coming hours after John Heyman reported that if Shohei is indeed traded, it will not be to the L.A. Dodgers because Angels owner Artie Moreno doesn't want to deal him to his Southern California rivals. If that is indeed true, does that sound a little short-sighted on management's side? Well, I know one thing for sure, and it's that your first overall pick in our deadline draft is looking better already. Because, you know, we, we gave you some grief for not picking some. the Dodgers, but Hold you on. Know, now it's looking good. You almost spit your <laughs> banana out, dude. <laughs> uh, that point aside about my banana, Chris Rose, uh, I think that Artie Moreno, you know, I think Angels fans also would not like to see Shohei go to the Dodgers. But in my opinion, it's a little bit of like, you know, maybe dodging the inevitable because they are going to be one of the primary suitors for him this offseason. Um, but with all that being said, if the Angels keep playing this miracle form of baseball where they're making these grand comebacks and staying in it till the last out and all that, they might be in a scenario where they don't have to trade him at all. And I'm sure that's what Artie Moreno actually wants. Uh, in terms of it being short-sighted, I think you might have hit the nail on the head there because this is a great chance for the Angels to completely reset their franchise and rebuild. But obviously, with all the controversy surrounding Moreno selling the team and then not selling the team, it's very clear that he's committed to getting to the playoffs this season, more so than pretty much any other season. I actually think they might be buyers. Really? I do. I can't believe that. There's so many there, teams. 
that, that they have to a jump 500 over. team and i mean they had a lot of injuries they'll they'll get guys back and i'm not saying that i think it's a completely smart idea i think maybe their best bet is to either stand pat or just sell big time on shohei but they're in this hunt. You know, they're five and a half games out. That might not seem like they're close, but they're within striking distance. And I think there's a little bit of air of desperation in that front office to finally make something happen in 2023 in your last year with arguably the best player to ever pick up a baseball. So, yeah, I do think they buy. Wow. I just I find that hard to believe because it's not just that they're five and a half out. They are behind in descending order. Uh, the Mariners. The Yankees, the Red Sox, none of those teams are in the wild card chase. Then it's Houston that's the last wild card. Their Jays are up one game on Houston, and then Baltimore's way ahead. They're like a full three-quarters lap ahead. But that's a lot of pretty good teams that are interesting that could make big-time moves themselves or be getting some guys back from injury that they have to leapfrog. And with not a great team, I think the Angels are okay. But, man, I just – and as far as the real question here – it is short-sighted, and I understand. I've lived out here in L.A. for almost 25 years. So the Angels, even when they were winning it in 2 they they've always been the Dodgers' little brother. They've, they're just that team that's 30 miles south in Anaheim, right across the street from Mickey Mouse, and, you know, you don't know what to make of it. They've got a, a really good kind of localized fan base, if you will. There's not a ton of Angels fans as you continue to move closer to – I don't know if I want to call it L.A. proper. Everything's L.A. out here. Um, so there is always that younger brother type feeling that the Angels have had. But, man, I look at what the Dodgers could offer the Angels. It's To me, it's as good as, as any package out there unless you want to knock on Tampa's door or Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore came to mind just because of position players and right. stuff like that. But yeah, the best package out there is probably the Dodgers who really have protected their farm system over the past two years, ever since the Trey Turner and Max Scherzer trade. And yeah, short-sighted is the word there for sure. But I, I just think that this front office cannot bring themselves to call it quits when the team is at 500. It's a completely different story if they're five games under, even, you know, three or four games under. And those tiny little margins in the standings make all the difference when it comes down to making these important decisions in late July. I don't think they're going to be huge buyers, but there's a couple moves they can make to fix their bullpen, maybe add some sort of inning-eating starter and just hope that their guys come back in time to make this season still matter. Okay, yes or no, does he get traded? Shohei? No, I don't think he gets traded. Mm. So you I just I don't think that teams are willing to give up the prospect hall that makes it worth it for the Angels. And in return, you know, all they really get is some sort of extra time to try and lock down an extension because there's no guarantee that Shohei wants to stay wherever he gets traded. So it's a massive risk on both sides because the Angels are, you know, risking losing their entire fan base and the greatest player to ever play the game. And the other side is risking losing a huge portion of their farm system for a guy they may only have for two months. So it's just, it's kind of coded in red. And I, I, I would like to see it happen because I think it would be a blockbuster of all blockbusters mm -hmm. like Juan Soto to the Padres. I just think there's too many hoops to jump through. Yeah, I, I understand it. The reason I picked it 1-1 is because we've never had a player like this, perhaps right, on the right. block. And so I know y'all were laughing at me, but I really, I think they are entertaining it. I, I do believe that it's, it's, maybe 35 65 that they'll yeah. trade him that's probably... i mean it would be insane to not think about it at all to right. not even ponder it right know? 
the here's the other possibility maybe adding a carlos estevez or i know i always put the emphasis on the wrong syllable i want to say estevez because i think it's just kind of a cooler <laughs> name but it is estevez mm-hmm. um maybe you add in a bullpen piece there as well for a team to entice them a little bit more i don't know i mean the the pieces are there with with shohei and i think reed detmers is having a good year they mm-hmm. need sandoval to step up but if you can get somebody in the back of that bullpen with Estevez and Matt Moore who's had a great year, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a formula if you can get six innings from your starter. Because we know this lineup, you know, even though the names are kind of foreign to us right now with all their injuries, this lineup can still produce. They're winning games against the Astros and Yankees who are contending teams. All right, so let's move on. The Dodgers uh, may not win the show Hay sweepstakes until the offseason, perhaps. We'll keep our eye on that. But they did win in Baltimore thanks to their ninth Grand Slam of the season. Chris Taylor turning around a high fastball on an 0-2 count. It was the third straight fastball they threw him. I was watching it live with my oldest son. We were like, what are you doing? Same location and everything. But now you look at the standings. Giants are two back of the Dodgers. Diamondbacks are two and a half back. Will either of those teams keep pace with L.A. and make it a barn burner like it was two years ago where the Giants won? I mean, I, I just think the Dodgers are inevitable. You know, you, we I feel like every season we see them rip off a 45-9 and nine stretch over two months and they just run away with things. And I think we're watching it happen right now. I, I don't think the Giants and Diamondbacks are going to be out of things by any means. These are both teams that could make the playoffs in the wild card. But I think the Dodgers have finally found their footing and they're doing all this winning without Clayton Kershaw in the rotation and not a lot of guys they can rely on to give them five solid innings. It's a lot of it coming from the bullpen, stepping back up and being reliable for them again after a first half of really shaky pitching. We know their lineup can bang. They always have and they play great defense. They steal bases. So I kind of just thought it was a matter of time and I got to see them come to town to play my Mets and pretty much just outclass us in every facet. We managed to get the last game there, but the Dodgers could have easily swept that series. And last night they beat a very good and very hot Baltimore Orioles team who won eight of their last nine going into it. It's Their rotation is amazing if you look at it, right? It's Urias and Gonsolin and Gonsolin has not been nearly as good as he was a year ago right and then it's Miller Sheehan and Grove we're talking about three rookies 60 percent of their rotation rookies Kershaw is going to come back at some point it sounds like you know according to Dave Roberts who talked over the weekend that that's going to be August they just want to make sure he's ready to go to make the most important start of the season which would be game one of whatever series they play um I still think that they're going to make a trade for a veteran and a bullpen arm, a veteran starter and a bullpen arm. I just think that they you don't want to go into the playoffs. Last year, they were an arm short, it felt like, against San Diego. Um, but with all this being said, yeah, I just feel like they're ready to take off here. I really do. And I mean, this was never really the plan for them, right, to thrust all these rookies into the no. rotation. But it was the Dustin May injury. He's out with Tommy John again. We don't know if Walker Buehler is going to come back. So, right. yeah, I definitely think I agree with you. I think they're going to trade for a starter. I think that's their their primary motif right now. And I know that Giants fans are scoffing at me and saying, go ahead, Rose. You counted us out. You laughed at us in 2021 when we had a nice little start. And you said that Farhan was loving this. He was jumping up and down in his office because he would be able to trade all these veterans for something and continue to rebuild that farm system, which he's done a remarkable job of, by the way. Like the Giants... For years, you looked at the farm system, you're like, yuck. But now he's done a really good job, and that is paying dividends because a lot of those young guys are contributing. Um, I think they're fascinating. So I do think that the Giants can stay within four or five games. 
it's just not going to come down to the last few days of the season, in my opinion, like it did a couple of years ago where San Francisco ended up winning the division. Right. And I mean, that was the rivalry of 2021. I, I still remember it clear as day with those two teams going step by step, every step of the way, yeah. similar to how the Mets and Braves did last year. And it's nice. It's refreshing to see what I consider to be the second best rivalry in baseball behind Yankees. Red Sox kind of get a little bit of rejuvenation and step back into the spotlight as much as I like Dodgers Padres. Uh, as well. But the Giants need to have a good deadline. It really is going to come down to that for me because there's such a small margin separating these teams right now. And there's such talent on both of these teams that I think whoever adds the most and adds the smart moves that they should be making, it could make the difference between one or two games, which could decide the National League West. And just very quickly, because the Diamondbacks have been such an awesome story this year. I'm really worried about them. Uh, I was worried about them a couple weeks ago when Mel Cully went down. I know he's due back very soon and they're going to need him because it's been Zach Gallen. And then you turn around and you're like, you know, like Tommy Henry has yeah. been good. He's had some really nice starts. Davies is exactly what he's been his entire career. You know, he's a five and fly guy and you just hang on for dear life there. Ryan Nelson has been okay. He's given them some nice innings, but man, it's just not, it's not dependable stuff. And I think that they have dropped, I want to say 10 of their last 14 They've now fallen into third place and, you know, they got swept up in Toronto. They start a series tonight in Atlanta and they head to Cincinnati over the weekend. I know the Reds have hit the skids a little bit, but that's not necessarily an offense you want to be facing um, with questionable starting pitching. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a formula that was always tenuous when you're relying on two great starting pitchers to give you two wins every five games in Gowan and Kelly because what if one of them gets injured and that's exactly what happened. Merrill Kelly hits the sideline with a calf inflammation. They're also just they're hitting teams at the wrong time. They're hitting the Blue Jays when they're at their absolute mm -hmm. hottest. They're going to be facing this Reds team. It's going to be pretty tough despite them slowing up a bit, like you said. Um, for the Diamondbacks, I'm really interested to see what they add at the deadline because I, I do think that they'll buy, but I don't think it's going to be in the sake of trying to win the World Series this year. I think they're going to actually try and buy some controllable pieces that they can have for next year. The name that, that keeps sticking out for me specifically is Marcus Stroman because I think that if they can add one more big head to their rotation, a guy that they'll also have for next year as well if he you know exercises that player option, and who knows, he might want to stay with a team that's trying to win big next year. Uh, I think that could be a pretty interesting option for them. But for the Diamondbacks, it, it's tough, man. They're in a tough scenario with the Dodgers and Giants really starting to go and them hitting their pretty much worst stretch of baseball all season at the same time. And it, that's what happens when you have to rely on a lot of rookies to produce and really carry uh, the weight of the team. And we're, we're seeing that with you know base running mistakes in their recent games, a lot of errors and stuff like that. So I'm hoping they can tighten up and make the race interesting because how fun would the National League West be if mm -hmm. all three teams were in awesome. it, you know, in September? Uh, so I understand what you're saying about maybe controllable pitcher. I don't think Stroman's the answer there. I, I don't think there's any question that he opts out because okay. he can't get a qualifying offer. So he's going That's to fair. be the main pitcher out there outside of Sho Shohei. I put in his own category, right? So Stroman will be the number one guy. I get it. He's 33, but he's always been a healthy guy. He's a ground ball pitcher. Uh, he gives you innings. He really competes. So I think he's going to, no matter where he ends up, even if he ends up liking it, he's going to test free agency. So if they do want to go with Did you hear who um, the main team looking at him right now is? It's very interesting. Who's looking at Stroman? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. there, was, there was a report out there that it was Toronto and Houston. Yeah, a little reunion in Canada. Yeah, could be fun. Didn't have that on my radar. Thought it was interesting. Today's episode of Baseball Today 
sponsored by these guys over at Shady Rays. We want you to take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays, they have the best coverage in the history of sunglasses with these premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. In fact, Shady Rays offers a world-class product as good as any expensive pair that's ever worn. They got durable frames. They got extremely clear optics. I can tell you Jolly looks exceptionally sexy today. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. I've told you about it time and time again. Every pair of these bad boys is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means if you lose or you break a pair, even on day one of ownership, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You don't have to call them up and be like, I lost my sunglasses in the ocean. They don't care. There are no excuses company. They're not going to listen. They'll just say, Mr. Rose, we've got your address on file. We're going to send you out a new pair immediately. But how much is it going to cost? It's not going to cost you a damn thing. Just wear your sunglasses and enjoy it. Try not to break them. Try not to lose them. But if you do, give us a call. We're here anyway. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. So hop on over to ShadyRays.com. Use the code word today. You're going to get 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses. That is 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses by using the code word today at ShadyRays.com. Nicely done, Rosie, as Thank always. You. Thank you. And I need these when I'm watching the Boston Red Sox because they are smoking hot. Best record in baseball in the month of July. They're 9-2. and two. Not sure if you saw what Nick Pavetta did last night out in Oakland in their shutout win. He was the bulk guy. So they had a starter. He came in, worked six innings, did not give up a single hit. So six innings times three outs. That's 18 total outs he got. 13 via the strikeout. So yep. now Boston's just one and a half out of the wild card, Jace. Is this just a nice little hot streak they're on, or are they a true playoff contender? Rosie, I'm going to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back because we did a second half team wins draft on Talking Baseball, yep. and I caught a lot of flack for taking the la the then last place Boston Red Sox to have a, to buy and have a great second half, and that's exactly what we're seeing. They're ripping off a nine and two stretch. You look at their their depth chart on Fangraphs; they have three guys in their starting rotation right now, and you think, how is this team? going to compete for a playoff spot? And the answer is that they figured out how to use their guys effectively. Nick Pavetta is a great example because he wasn't succeeding as a starter. They transitioned him to a bulk guy, and all of a sudden things are starting to fall into place. Uh, they've always had the lineup to compete. They're getting a career year from Jaron Duran. Masataka Yoshida looks like he's been worth every penny. And Rafael Devers has been the best third baseman, arguably, in all of baseball. So I think that this team is going to be a buyer for sure because I think they see uh, the lining with how close uh, things are in the AL East because the Rays are skidding, the Orioles are creeping up, the Blue Jays are ripping off a heater. All these teams are kind of in it and have a shot to uh, to make the stretch here. They just need a couple starters. They need guys that can give them five innings and get things to their pretty impressive bullpen. And I, in terms of the starting or starting pitching market in the trade market this year, I think it's the most robust of any category. And I think there's a lot of options, you know, between the guys on the White Sox. You know, we've talked a lot about it on our trade deadline draft uh, episode of Talking Baseball as well. The Red Sox have options, and I think they've done a good job protecting their farm system to give them pieces to use this season. Uh, I'm not sure how big time they go in, and I'm not sure if they think that this is the year, but I definitely think they can field a competitive team in October. Yeah, they're... I think they're set up really nicely for the future, to be honest, even though they've got some veterans in their on their team that they're going to have to replace. Um, you know, the, it was interesting when they when they did what they did in the offseason. I looked at it and I was like, God, these are the sort of moves that you make if 
you you really feel like you're a true contender, right? They right. brought in Kenley, who's at the back end of his career, although he had an all-star season. Justin Turner, who can still smack the baseball, but at age 38, you're like, wait a second. Like, good guy, leadership, still give you something at DH and be able to help you on the corners when you need a fielder for a certain day. But all these – Adam Duvall, another guy in his mid-30s, you're like, what, what are we doing? Maybe they – I think they – they played in the middle. They, the, all those guys that you named could have been sellable pieces yes. at this year's deadline, but the Red Sox are in it. So now they get to keep them and reap the benefits and add on to that core. I think Heim Bloom was kind of playing both sides, you know, just yeah. seeing what he could get with the guys he already had. And it worked. You know, he had a great plan. Well, it depends who you ask up in Boston, whether or not he That's has fair. a great plan. I think to those Love of it. us that are outsiders and look at it in terms of what we expected and where they are right now. We would say it's been an outstanding year. I don't know if all the Boston fan base does. I said it the other day that if you go ask Boston fans uh, if they'd be happy with kind of where they are based on their preseason expectations as opposed to where they are presently. Uh, and I got a lot of pushback on that and said, Rose, you just don't understand the temperature up here in Boston. Most people want to throw time in, you know, in the ocean. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, the standards right. are a little different up there in Boston. It's the most they World Series since 2000, you know. Um, so I look at them and I think that if they make some shrewd moves at the deadline and they are in position to do that, that they could be a wild card team. And once you get in, Hey man, weird stuff happens. They've got some guys who have some postseason success on that roster. So why not go for it? Uh, Chris sale, I think throws a bullpen today and that would be the first step in hopefully getting him back at some point, maybe in mid August. Um, we'll see, but they definitely need some other help. It's like, if you go check out their, their upcoming schedule, they only have three starters penciled in every time through the rotation. So that's not sustainable. You know what, Rosie? I I know I I picked him to go somewhere else in the deadline draft, but it might be a reunion year for Eduardo Rodriguez and the Red Sox. Maybe that's Uh a move we see get made. Cause I think, you know, there's been a lot of playoff success with him on the roster. Why not bring him back? Uh, one other thing, Trevor story. It sounds like he is close to a rehab assignment. Right. Um, that's not bad. And I, I don't ever, I don't like to talk about schedules, but I do want to mention this. They're in the midst of a 12, uh, consecutive game run against teams with losing records. So go beat up on those teams. Go put yourself in good position. Make something happen over the next two weeks before the trade deadline. Could be fun. Could be fun. All right, um, Seattle holds on for their 7-6 to six win over Minnesota, uh, first of a four-game set. But I want to spin it ahead to this weekend series where they welcome the Toronto Blue Jays to town. It's the only series that Toronto plays up in Seattle, and we all know how close Seattle is to the Canadian border. So a lot of uh, Blue Jays fans migrate south to check out their favorite team. That's fine. It'll be probably a half and half. It'll have that bowl game-type feel to it. But the Mariners team store has actually opened an area exclusively to sell Blue Jays gear. Is this a smart business move or a slap in the face to the players? I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? I mean, you know, those shirts are going to fly off the shelf if you're filling up half the stadium with the opposing team's fans. But come on, you got to have a little sense of pride and, you know, you protect your home field because I don't think the Toronto Blue Jays would be doing this in their home ballpark if Mariners fans were coming through. You got to treat it like that. So I don't love it. I think if I was a Mariners fan, I'd be kind of pissed off at it. What if you're a Mariners player? 
Mariners player, I'm not even sure that I would, would know about it or care. I'm just focused on winning the game at hand. I'm, oh I'm more thinking of the fans at that point. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a good business move, right? Of course. But at the end of the day, does it have to be about the almighty dollar all the time? All, you're making oh, it a, does, Rosie, of course. Everything's about lining the pockets. What are you talking about? You are. I, I can't believe that that's the way it goes. If I own the team, I would be embarrassed. Do you think even ownership knows about that? Do you think ownership would care even if they did know? Because I don't think they know. I would love to ask that question. You know, in once again, the day that I become com- commissioner, run for the hills. But when it mm. happens, I do want to make it mandatory for every owner to speak at the beginning of spring training and at the end of the season. And this is, if that happened, this is one of the questions I would ask Seattle ownership. Why would you sell the opposing team's gear in your team's store? Now, some people say, well, hold on, you know, they might sell a Shohei jersey or something like that. I mean, I suppose if I sold a Shohei all-star game in Seattle jersey, that's that one I could live with. I mean, isn't that kind of part of the slap in the face, though? They just brought in a ton of revenue by hosting All-Star Week. I mean, this is a move you don't really need to do. You're probably, I'd assume you're in the green right now from the big week you just had with your hometown star, you know, sweeping the nation with his home run derby round and the All-Star game that was great. It feels a little cheap. feels a little tacky. Oh, it's a lot tacky. I mean, I I think it's terrible. I think it's... And by the way, we're going to get word to the Seattle players that this is happening somehow. And I'm going to get a response. I am. I'm I'm working on it. Okay. I'm curious to see what they say. I think they'd be pissed off. Maybe they'd laugh it off. I don't know. Maybe. How would you feel if you were a player? If I was a player and I found out about it, if I'm like an important role player on the team, like a face of the team, I'd say something, I think. But I don't think my, my say would have much leverage because, again, it's all in the name of the dollar. I think it's shitty. All right. I'm with Finally, you. better visual from Monday. Uh, Max Kepler, speaking of up in Seattle, he tripped over his own bat and fired that. I thought that that thing was going to fire into the crowd like a javelin. <laughs> that was an unbelievable. And somehow he still made it to second base. But man, when you see it in real speed and watch the bat just fire out of there, that was impressive. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of a hot boy moment for him. The helmet flies off. He does a little barrel roll, still hustles it out, gets the double. Like, good for him, honestly. And (laughs) as he's sliding headfirst into second, the peek into the dugout saying, how much (laughs) shit am I going to get? But was that better than the tarp monster grabbing the dude from the grounds crew in Cincinnati and getting buried under that thing? You know, I feel like I've seen a lot of grounds crew members get swallowed up by the tarp. It's It's a little bit of a yearly occurrence. I don't think I've ever seen somebody swing the bat, hit an extra base hit, and fling the bat only to trip themselves with it. I just think that's a, that's a rarer feat for me. And, you know, I think he handled it gracefully. So that's my mm-hmm. pick. Um, I have to be honest with you, and I'm kind of a scaredy cat anyway. The grounds crew thing terrified me because all I could imagine, it's not that's not like being caught under a bed sheet, right. by the way. Those tarps are heavy. They the way that they could suction down on you, like that's some serious shit. And I had anxiety watching that little clip. Hey, grounds crew members are the real heroes, man. They're the ones out there getting soaked to lay the tarp on the field, making the decisions nobody wants to make to delay the game. 
And yeah, that's that's part of the job. Sadly, it's very scary. I've honestly never thought of it that way until you just worded it like that. And now it's giving me a little bit of anxiety. So I think that my future career there is probably over. Man, I, all I can tell you is um, if I work on that grounds crew and um, something happened like that, I think I'm calling in sick the next day. <laughs> I'm definitely taking a sick day. That's it. Are they allowed to call that's in it. sick? Don't they need all hands on deck all times? Uh, tap me out. That is it. No. Uh, speaking of tap out, um, our day is done, at least on the podcast and the YouTube side of things. Don't forget to join us every Monday through Friday live on the AMP app if you want to be a part of our discussion and our community here on Baseball Today. We always love it when you challenge us and talk to us about stuff we've said or stuff that we're thinking about. So you can make sure you download that on your iPhone. The, the time of the show changes every day, so we send it out on our social media on the Chris Rose Sports, and uh, you can see exactly where we are. Jolly, it is always great seeing you. Thanks so much for helping us out today. We appreciate it, bro. Rosie, you know by now I love doing baseball today. It's my favorite. You're a good man. Uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Robbie Scirocco, and the uber-talented Jolly Olive, I am Chris Rose. Someone will see you with Trevor Plouffe Wednesday on Baseball Today.